Greetings, my name is Larry Hubley. In the past two devotionals, we've looked at Jesus' high priestly prayer as found in John chapter 17. Jesus prayed this prayer in the hours between his celebration of the Passover meal and his arrest in the garden that fateful night. Two, de two days ago, Jesus prayed for himself. Yesterday, we heard something of his prayer for his disciples. Today, we want to discuss the final portion of Jesus' high priestly prayer in which he prays for all future believers. Knowing the time had come for him to fulfill his ministry here on earth, Jesus offered up this prayer. Listen as I read Jesus' final words in this his final prayer before his arrest, trial, flogging, humiliation, and crucifixion. And so I'm reading John chapter 17, verses 20 to 26 from the New Living Translation. Jesus is speaking. I'm not praying only for these disciples, but also for all who will ever believe in me through their message. I pray that they will all be one, just as you and I are one, as you are in me, Father, and I am in you. And may they be in us so that the world will believe that you sent me. I've given them the glory that you gave me so that they may be one as we are one. I am in them and you are in me. May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. Father, I want these whom you have given me to be with me where I am. Then they will see all the glory you gave me because you loved me even before the world began. Oh, righteous Father, the world doesn't know you, but I do. And these disciples know you sent me. I have revealed you to them, and I will continue to do so. Then your love for me will be in them, and I will be in them. Jesus here is praying specifically for all who will ever believe in me. Jesus is praying for you and for me. Can you imagine that? 2,000 years ago, in the face of all that he knew was about to unfold, Jesus was thinking of, Jesus was concerned for you and for me. There's a hymn we're all familiar with, How Great Thou Art. And in it are these words, And when I think that God, his son not sparing, sent him to die, I scarce can take it in, that on the cross, my burden gladly bearing, he bled and died to take away my sin. Even with betrayal, desertion, arrest, trial, beating, rejection, humiliation, and crucifixion, Jesus thought of me, and he thought of you. He thought of all who will ever believe in him. Truly, I can scarce can take it in. Jesus loved us even before we were formed in our mother's womb. In John chapter 13, set in the upper room where Jesus and the 12 disciples met to celebrate the Passover meal, it opens with these precious words. Jesus now showed the disciples the full extent of his love. In his darkest hours, Jesus continues to walk the talk, as it were. He ever lives 
out to the fullest all that he believes. How marvelous, how wonderful is my Savior's love for me. The motivation for all Jesus is and does is love. Love for God and love for those created in his image and likeness. Our passage today is just seven verses in length, and yet more than one message could be developed around these seven brief verses. We shall attempt to highlight one truth from them. The one that's speaking to me these days is this, that Jesus prays that they, meaning those who will ever come to believe in him, may all be one, just as you and I are one. And again, he prays that they may be one as we are one. And again, he's praying to the Father. And so he goes on to say, experience perfect unity such that others will come to know and accept God's message of salvation full and free. Take note of this. Jesus isn't praying we would all be in agreement with one another or else, as some are in the habit of doing these days. No, far from it. Jesus prays that we, each and every one of us, would be one with the Father and with his Son, that we be as God is and being as he is, that we will approach all things as would he in the same spirit of love. That marvelous love divine, that all loves excelling. To this end, each of God's children has been given gifts and talents, each a unique personality and manner and way of looking at things. Paul writes to the Philippians what is expected of all Christ's followers. He says, your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. As Steve so excellently explained in his message this past Sunday from John chapter 13, Jesus' attitude was that of a servant. And if you missed that message, I'd encourage you to check it out. Jesus prayed that we be one in spirit with God. Focus on this, on being in tune with the spirit of God and his ways. It will go well with each of us when we do that. Now, not all of us will agree with one another. We know that that'll never happen. Only those who are for us, those who are like-minded in striving to have the same attitude as that of Christ Jesus our Lord, only will them will we truly find any measure of oneness and agreement. We never can please all of the people all the time. That's an impossibility. Not even Jesus was able to do that. Again, only those who had the same attitude. The Father's love and that of his Son is found only in those of like mind, having hearts filled with love for God and for others. So don't settle for being in agreement with others. Rather, strive to be like-minded and so united with God in heart and mind. Then the Father's love for Christ Jesus, his Son, will be in us even as Christ is in us. And we will be united about the things that truly matter, not the inconsequential things which tend to divide us. And so, thanks be to God, he gives us the victory 
through our Lord Jesus Christ. Father in heaven, we thank you that we do have the victory through Christ Jesus. We thank you that Jesus suffered and died, that we might have forgiveness of our sins and a new life. Help us, Father, to strive each and every day to be one with you and with your precious Son, Jesus, our Lord and Savior, in whose name we pray. Amen.